give me persuasion. Finally, something I'm good at. <laughs> if my coin doesn't work, my silver tongue certainly will. Uh, 15 plus 7 is 22. Dangerous Foggy Glen in New York City. I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to episode 302 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. This is Actual Play Season 2, Episode 2. In this episode, we're playing through a deep and creeping darkness from the 5e adventure collection Candlekeep Mysteries. Tez Proudgale is investigating a dangerous beast that is stalking rural Thrain. Mm, he's also looking for treasure. I mean, there's a big reward. Definitely looking for treasure. All right, so this is episode two of this particular actual play. We are playing through a deep and creeping darkness, sort of. Let's make it very clear here that it, the adventure is really probably more inspiration uh, at this point <laughs> uh, rather than even an adaptation. Uh, and then also, I guess, uh, fair content warning, uh, this is a, a little bit dark, uh, certainly compared to usual D&D fair. If you would like to hear a little bit more about our Session Zero and our Lines and Veils, we covered that in the first episode. Tez Proudgale and his faithful companion Meepo and his stalwart but begrudging sidekick Scalabro uh, have come to the tiny village of Vermilion in far northern Thrain uh, to be debriefed on the terrible beast that has been stalking villagers for months now. And in the middle of that debrief, uh, I believe the Templar Duhamel, who is uh, briefing us. Oh, wait. Also, it's a brief. It's not a debrief. We didn't do anything. Yeah, you're right. It's just a brief. <laughs> <laughs> but during that brief, uh, he got a, uh, a, a a call, I suppose, and his uh, his Eberonian cell phone uh, from one of his uh, deputies who was being attacked uh, by something that, and I, according to my notes, say had a squeak, a screech, wail, roar. in the fog and after a long quiet silence a weak voice Adara uh, who you heard Duhamel address just moments before comes over the sending stone it's I think it's gone but I think I'm the only one left we're south of the woodcutter's hut couple things happen right away that Tez notices. Um, of course, this is the uh, village center uh, where this briefing has been occurring, and all around are groups of bounty hunters who are here to uh, potentially collect the 5,000 crown reward for uh, killing or capturing whatever this beast is, which has now just attacked live on Sending Stone. Um, and many of the bounty hunters, of course, are now... Uh, milling about, agitated, knowing that the beast is out there somewhere nearby, but not knowing exactly where. You know, it, you're new to Thrain. You don't know where the woodcutter's hut is. Uh, Duhamel is conferring um, with some of his regulars, uh, speaking heatedly. Uh, but you remember there was a group of shifters here. I do. They look at each other, uh, and then wordlessly head north quickly on foot they definitely seem to know where they're going uh, at the same time the group of uh, Valinar elves who are still <laughs> still on horseback um, don't move they also don't seem perplexed at all uh, but one of them not the uh, woman who's in charge throws his arm in the air and a hawk rises high into the sky and begins circling. Mm. Uh, some of the other bouncy hunters you hear begin approaching Duhamel and basically yelling, you know, 
take us there. Take us there right now. This is what we're here for. And you can see he is not interested in having these bounty hunters uh, in his business. I turn to Skelebro and I ask him very uh, obsequiously, can you follow those shifters into the fog? I know uh, I, I got to get some stuff ready here. Uh, you know they're not going to find anything, but it sure would be nice to, to know what they learn from the attacks. You just cheat. We're not buddies. I'm sure one of these days we will come to blows, and I look forward to it. Most of my friends say that. <laughs> you wish to split this party? Yeah, I mean, you're kind of, you know, joining their party from a safe distance. And then just reporting back on what happens to them. So he looks at the shifters who are beginning to disappear into the fog. Then he looks down at Meepo and back at you and says, Shall I bring the little one? Tez turns to Meepo while I look at Meepo's character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> to decide how good Meepo's going to be at tailing them uh, alongside Skelebro. So the thing is, Skelebro is a wood elf. <laughs> or was. Was a wood elf, yes. Was a wood elf, right? So he has the benefits of being able to hide very well in the fog, uh, as well as keen hearing and sight to tail them. Uh, he's wearing heavy armor, <laughs> and it's mithril armor, so he can sneak without penalty. It's either me or him who's going to follow these shifters. And I kind of want to gather some more information because I don't think this is a good time to just charge forward and try and fight this threat. I'm pretty sure that uh, if these shifters get into a fight, I would be running away anyway. I mean, mechanically, I actually think I did not expect this, but I think this is a smart move because Skelebro also has survival. Certainly, if he's going to be making any checks, he can follow tracks. Let's say that he actually gets where he's trying to go, right? Like, who knows if that'll happen? The, the dice will probably tell us. Right. But once he's there, he's got a crime scene. Right. You know, survival and perception are two extraordinarily useful things. I feel like this is a Skelebro thing, you know? Like, this is this is very... This feels like a very... This feels like a Skelebro moment, more so than a Tez moment, to be honest. So I think... Uh, I think... Yeah, I... I, I mean, it's up, to, it's up to Meepo, but I could definitely use him here in town. Uh, then Meepo will stay. He seems happy to not uh, head out into the spooky fog. Yeah, and that didn't really sound much, like much of a dragon, did it? <laughs> um, you, hmm, you'll need to put your heads together and sort of think about it. because So here's the thing, right? Like Your mission from the trust is figure out if this is a dragon. Um, people are saying it's a dragon, right there there have been like people burned by fire there have been claw marks um but like there are a bunch of different kinds of dragons right did it sound like a, a red dragon may, may maybe maybe not like lots of different age categories but like was it a gem dragon was it a bra a brass dragon you know like oh yeah right i forgot uh fizzband's treasury of dragons <laughs> <laughs> the latest uh the latest draconic encyclopedia yeah <laughs> uh overhead there's seven golden canaries <laughs> fizzban who's been murdering all these people in cold blood i'm just a wily wizard and who knows why i do things <laughs> yeah let's we'll, we'll send scalabro to uh to investigate and uh tez will, will stay in town and uh do a little more background gathering okay so an interesting side effect of Tez's, I, I don't know, practicality, cowardliness, who knows, um, is that pretty much all the bounty hunters clear out. So several of them are having an argument with Duhamel, uh, but he pretty quickly relents. And, and you can hear him basically be like, fine, fine. Like, he doesn't say like, he's fine, fine. We leave in a quarter of an hour. He begins gathering the regulars. Um, it it does seem like it's not it's not just on the other side of town. Like they need to gather supplies in order to head to where they're going. Um, but they're not taking horses. You can actually tell the shifters headed north, which is up into the mountains. Um, so if the regulars aren't taking horses, one, it can't be terribly far away, but also it's probably quite hilly or mountainous terrain that they're trekking across. 
he's confident that he can learn more about what's going on here before setting out and and maybe be better equipped uh with some foreknowledge so he is going where he fits in best which is the tavern first to secure some rooms and then to secure some information so Duhamel and the regulars set out, and then the majority of the bounty hunters set out with them, because obviously they don't know where they're going. The shifters are long gone. Um, shortly after, like the hawk probably circled only for a couple of minutes, and then returned to the elf. And then you could hear the elves speaking in a language that neither you or, nor Meepo uh, understand. But then you can hear them speaking in elven. Uh, and the leader is, you know, giving terse orders. You know, that we head there immediately. And they head out on their horses. Interesting strategy. At not a full gallop, but like a quick ride. Yeah. Uh, you do catch one thing. The uh, elf with the hawk addresses her as Sumera. S-U-M-E-R-A would be. If you If you need the spelling. Uh, I do uh, okay. for my extensive notes. Hank, the bullywug, who seems to think he's masquerading very effectively as human, uh, doesn't go anywhere. Um, seems to be quite content to stay in the center of the village. Uh, nearby, though, there's certainly a tavern. Yeah, we're going to the tavern. Tez has a plan. Tez is going to execute that plan. It's called the Bored Weasel. It's uh, mid-range, it's both a tavern and an inn. You can tell it was built for a much larger village. Gives you the sense that certainly this place was more populated than it is currently. You could probably fit 40 people in this common room, um, and you'd be surprised if there are three times that number in the entire village right now. Well, if it's a tavern... It's got a bar, and if it has a bar, it has a barkeep, so... Absolutely. I will approach the barkeep. Behind the bar is a quite elderly man, a human man, uh, who seems to be in charge. Uh, He leans over the bar, looks you right in the eye, and says, What'll it be? We've got the stew, salty fish surprise. Don't ask what the surprise is. Three copper pieces. Uh, thank you. Uh, didn't didn't catch your name. Lucas. I own this place. Lucas Grosvenor. Well, Lucas, I will take one of your finest rooms with three of your most acceptable beds. Or one great bed and two cots. <laughs> My companions can sleep in bedrolls. Just give me a room, please. You uh, you want to sleep, but you don't want to eat. Uh, we're um, we're working still. Uh, maybe at the end of the day we'll eat. You know, uh, a reward for uh, a, a fine day's labor. Oh, one of those types. One meal a day, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't take to that. I like to eat three, five times a day. I do not blame you. Uh, that room though. Uh, Meepo pipes up. Yes, yes. Let 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 us eat five times. <sighs> Meepo, relax. We'll we'll get there. His his stomach grumbles very loudly, as if on cue. All right, Lucas. We'll take one bowl of the stew or the soup or whatever. Uh, one room, and I have some questions for you. All three coming right up. Uh, he ladles out. Some stew, slides it over to Meepo, takes uh, three small keys um, from under the the bar, slides them over, uh, leans over again on his elbows, looks you right in the eye and says, all right, shoot. This weather you've been having, pretty horrible, huh? Uh, this gets a smile out of him, uh, just like a bit in the corner of his mouth. I says, I like your attitude, kid. Uh, Yeah, yeah, terrible. It's not usually like this. Uh, Although it's only been 
the last few weeks. A few weeks, huh? Tez has put coin on on the counter, and I think Tez will reach back in his coin purse when when he starts to open up about the weather, mm -hmm. and that's when Tez asks, only a few weeks, huh? So how much does Tez put down in addition? Uh, a, a fair amount. What did he? What was he charging for the soup? Like three coppers? <laughs> three co three copper pieces, right? Yeah. So silver. Uh, all right. You put some silver down. He says, "Yeah." He looks down at it, looks back. He says, "Yeah, just a few weeks." Uh, and then he puts his hand over the silver, pulls it back, and looks at you with a just a hard, hard stare. Just a few weeks. Well. That's interesting. What, uh, well, okay. So actually before Tez responds, the, the quick math he's doing is how long have these attacks been going on? Months. And he says, it, but it's so hard to remember. I'm, I'm such an old man. Right. And, but you can tell he's, he's quite an old man. He's probably in his nineties. Uh, tell you what, why don't you grab me another bowl of soup and, uh, let's, let's talk about that. And then he'll slide over, like, whatever, it's 5,000 gold. He'll slide over an actual gold coin. <laughs> he serves you a three-copper uh, bowl of soup. He puts his hand over the gold crown, slides it back. You can hear it land with a clink in a pile. And he looks up at you and says, with what seems like absolute honesty, he says, I would not stay in this town if I weren't from here. Things have been absolutely going to the, the last few weeks. Yeah, the fog rolled in. It's not going anywhere. It's hard to sleep. I don't mind telling you this. You already paid, but you're going to have a terrible night's sleep tonight. Mm, joke's on you. I have a terrible night's sleep most nights. Well, then you'll fit right in. Mm. Interesting. Tell me about these terrible nights of sleep, though. That, uh, that concerns me. I'm not going to lie. Give me an insight check. Or Meepo, whoever, whomever. I'm checking if Meepo's better. I don't think he actually is. No, he's not. Plus zero. That is a natural one, Ishan. <laughs> Ooh, all right. <laughs> the old man's hard to read. You can tell uh, he he's a no-nonsense kind of guy, and he's seen a lot in his life. Um... But he, he stares right right at you right at you and says You ever hear voices from things that you knew weren't there? You ever see things out of the corner of your eyes? I'm but you turn and they're gone. Familiar with what you're talking about. Is that what you've been experiencing? Not just me. Lots of folk. A lot of people left town because of it. You know, old Tormund, Tormund and Blennis, they, they got out of here weeks ago. That was smart. And that started when the fog came? Started when the fog came. Fog started when that when that came. Who knows? But yeah, a few weeks. It's been bad. I mean, uh, he pauses for a minute, sort of like he, you see his gaze travel over your shoulder to the far wall where there are a row of mirrors. Um, you know, to make the place seem bigger. He seems lost in thought for a moment, and then his eyes slowly focus again. He it drifts back over to you, and he says, but my life's been miserable for a while anyway, so I don't really notice. Misery loves company. Why don't you tell me about it? Give me persuasion. Finally, something I'm good at. <laughs> if my coin doesn't work, my silver tongue certainly will. Uh, 15 plus 7 is 22. He thinks for a moment, what do I care? Doesn't matter. I'll be dead soon. Either eaten by the beast or old age. I got old bones. Cold and fog isn't good for me. They say time comes for all of us. Yeah, sometimes it comes sooner for others. And he gets like... For a moment, you can see he's just a little less surly, and you get a glimpse of like maybe someone who was happier mm -hmm. earlier in his life. Uh, and he says, "The worst thing about the fog, the worst thing about the beast, we can't go in the woods anymore. There've always been tales about how the dead roam the woods, but 
So mostly tales. We lived through most of the war like I did, and nothing really scares you. But now I can't head out and visit my wife's grave. I'm sure it's falling into disrepair. What, 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 was, the, what was the town here for before? Was it just logging? Did you ask him? Yeah. Scratches his, his chin and says, I suppose it was originally made for logging. We got good wood here. But uh, there's a lot of industry here during the war. You know, I wonder. There's echoes of history all across this land, and sometimes I wonder if this isn't an echo of, of recent history made manifest. People say it's a dragon, though. When you talk about echoes of history, he's thoughtful and says, this is all just echoes. Can't have a war that lasts for a whole century across an entire continent and get over it in a couple of years. It's changed us. It's in our bones. And it's in the land. People say it's a dragon. I don't think it's a dragon. Why would a dragon want to come here? There's nothing here. I think whatever it is, we deserve it. We earned it. You feel guilty? Me? Oh no. I'm a good man. I was a good man. But... Community. Does, does the community feel guilty? I don't think they do, and maybe that's the problem. We've all done bad things. Sure. hundred years of war. Everyone does bad things. You think that Templar doesn't have blood in his hands? <laughs> I'm sure he's got fresh blood on his hands. That actually gets a laugh out of him. Hmm. Well, Lucas, you've given me a lot to think about. I, uh, tell you what, and I will slide over another gold, gold crown. You mind keeping this between us and let me know if anybody starts asking down this line of questions? He pockets the crown, says, a lot of bounty hunters in town, but I ain't <laughs> seen nothing. Don't know nothing. I'm an old man. Forget a lot. Um, and then before you go to eat your stew or up to your room or whatever, he says, you know, if you want to know about the past, you might want to talk to the mayor. She's been doing a lot of research. She keeps the records. She's she's a youngin, but she's got a good head on her shoulders. I think I'll take you up on that. Thank you, Lucas. I'll uh, I'll see you tonight. And I think uh, Tez will just sort of put the bowl All to right. his lips, take a you know a nice long swig of of soup, <laughs> like get all the liquid out of the stew, you know, uh, and and leave what's left there. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure Meepo is already on his second or third bowl at this point, and uh, and oh, it, it's hard to get to keep him from eating the bowl. Yeah, it's you think it's delicious. Here's the thing, though. So do you. You think it's delicious. What is it? Uh-huh. Certainly a mystery meat stew. Right, yeah. But, and <laughs> Anytime you tell no, me it's no seafood and we're landlocked, I'm near here, so. suspect. Uh, <laughs> I've eaten enough Gen Con sushi to know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I keep getting the poke bowl? Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, Tez will, uh, will stand up drag Meepo with him and uh, and head out looking for the mayor. So again, there are mirrors on the wall to make the room seem bigger. And just as you're about to head out the door, for just a moment, you catch your, well, what should be your own eye in the mirror as you head out. Uh, but instead, it's the face of Coven Kemble. Hmm. Just for a moment. And then it's gone. Professor Campbell. Well, I can't be bothered with who who jumped who jumped your claim. Yeah, I have I have enough uh, enough actual dangers. I can't let my mind get in the way of these things right now. I'm storming through that door and looking for the mayor. <laughs> Tez is on a mission. It's not a big town, right? Like it's pretty easy to figure out if you want to ask around. I guess to. Yeah, where the mayor's place is. It takes you, it takes you a couple of tries. Um, villagers don't seem to want to talk to anybody. Nobody really wants to 
be out in the fog. Uh, but eventually someone sort of motions down to the far side of town. Um, and you and Meepo begin heading there. Uh, but as you're walking, you, you can't shake the feeling that you're being watched. You don't know what it is, but the, the hair on your arms and even your neck, it, it feels like it's standing up. You know, Taz is, Taz is a rogue. Like, you know, yeah. you know when you're being tailed. If it feels a little, it feels a little like that, but this is almost like oppressive. Hey, Meepo? You feel that? Mmm, the stew? Mmm, it's sitting in Meepo's tummy. No, more just the general sense of unease and malaise. Oh, mmm, mmm. Meepo always felt that when Calstrix was nearby. Meepo did not sleep for several years. From Calstrix? Scary dragon. Was that just the fear of retribution, or was that... Being eaten. Okay. This... This does not feel like being eaten. Well, there's hunger. Yeah. Something is hungry. Yeah, I feel that too. Did your dagger tell you anything? Um, he has a dagger of warning. Right, uh, a dagger of warning, right? Yeah. Um, which just needs to be on his person, right? Uh, correct. Yeah, okay. So he reaches down to the little scabbard at his uh, waist, puts his claw on it, Thanks for a moment. It says, mm, nothing yet. Mm. But Meepo is always ready. I know. That's why that's that's why we're such a good team, Meepo. Let's hope Skelebro is uh, coping. Um, we should talk to the mayor, and then we probably need to head out and find him. You don't know exactly where you're going, um, and you pass by a few houses and peer in to see if that's what you're looking for. Um, mostly, they're shuttered, and you can tell that nobody's interested in dealing with visitors um you do however then walk by uh, a storefront which definitely isn't the building that you're looking for but it does ring a bell there's a wooden placard above that proclaims this the wand and hammer and uh a plaque that lists it as uh the proprietor proprietorship by Tormon and blennis which are the names of the two people that Lucas Grovner said were smart and got the hell out of town several weeks ago. But does this shop appear open? It doesn't look boarded up like uh, a lot of the other places. It actually, like, if you sort of peer in, it looks like they left in a hurry. Okay. And peering in the window, you can see there's a thick layer. No. Peering in the window, you can see there's a forge in the far corner there's an empty quenching trough beside it. Uh, workbenches and stools. You can even see some, some tools lying out, and that seems strange to you. Why would a blacksmith leave their tools out? Why would a blacksmith not take their tools? Uh, 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 Meepo, are you down for some light peony? Oh, always. He sort of flexes his claws. How, how thick is the fog at this particular moment? Thick enough that... It's hard to see on the other side of the common right now. Okay. And how, um, I, I guess if I peer in, uh, does it appear like there's a, there's a back door? Uh, you can't see from here. Uh, there is, there are definitely rooms in the back, but you're not sure if there's an entrance. All right. Uh, Meepo, keep an eye out. I'm going to, uh, case the joint. All right. Where do you head? Uh, I mean, Tez is just looking, basically, to, to try and see if there's a back entrance. Like, I mean, he he's confident he can pick the lock, but he would rather not pick a lock in broad daylight, even in the fog, <laughs> in the front front of the street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he casually makes his way uh, around to the other side, and actually, he he can see um, in the back is a stonemason's workshop, which is essentially a second entrance. So both of the stores share a common area and the front of the stonemason the front door of the stonemason's workshop is just open interesting is it uh, equally deserted uh, if you peer in yes uh, you can see the doorway is engraved with Tyrus Frosthair stonemason inquire at back okay uh, well if the door is open then Tez will invite himself in mm. 
So there's a covered work area that has blank headstones, slabs of granite and marble. Uh, there are still tools hanging on the wall. There's a hammer and chisel lying on the ground, and this is this catches Tez's eye. There's a half-finished headstone. It reads, Adeline Crean, may you all... Just A-L-W. The word always is unfinished. Interesting. Didn't even take time to bury the victim. And then you can see this inside this area connects to the back end of the smithy. So you're basically inside both of them. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I want to, I want to go take a look. I, I, I want to go into the smithy. I don't know. I've heard their names. Um, and I basically like, I want to look for any notes that might've been left or, or any indication of like why they left in such a hurry. Um, mm. Give me an investigation. Right. Uh, well, actually, let me let me take that back. I would like to open the front door. <laughs> yeah, let me and, go in and invite me in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he skirts inside with the practiced air of a foot pad, closes the door quietly behind him. All right, Meepo, we're looking for anything that gives us any information on this Tormund and Blennis and why they left in such a hurry. This seems odd. All right, roll that check. Uh, 13 plus 4, 17. You search around for anything interesting. What you do find is a false floor panel in the corner. And inside is a steel shield with platinum filigree in the shape of winding serpents. Two matching short swords with platinum filigree on the hilt and pommel with a similar motif, and a stack of ten iron bars, each of which weighs about ten pounds. Uh, you also find stairs up to a living area. So I can tell you right now, the shield—it's—it's it's a shield, right? But it's worth 50, 50 gold. And the short swords function as short swords, but are also twenty-five gold each. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that is just outright theft, and those look... I, I mean, I'm guessing if they have platinum filigree that they look a little more identifiable than just, like, your average short, short sword, right? <laughs> Certainly, yeah. They, they essentially have heraldry yeah. on them. Um, they're fine workmanship. If if Tormund and Blennis made these, which you would assume they did, they're good at their craft. Um this goes against everything uh, as a player that I want to do. I will take the swords and leave the shield. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, do you put swords, a... I feel like a short sword can can fit in a backpack <laughs> or at least can be can be wrapped in a way that hides its value. Do you, do you put the shield back in I the do, false yeah. floor? I'll leave it for okay, the next cool. filters. Right, uh, and you can tell like the iron bars are you know, unworked iron bars, right? So they're heavy and yeah, not no, expensive. I'm, I, not even entertaining this. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna try their living quarters and see if there isn't any more information up there. I, I mean, I'm not really looking to steal. I'm more looking for information. Right. Uh, give me another investigation for the second floor. I'm an artificer <laughs> with access to guidance. That's very true. I am going to... Uh, you know, as usual, I'm going to beseech Aladra to uh, to aid me here ah, with my right. uh, mm -hmm. guidance. A little bit of luck. Just a little bit. All right. It it worked. Uh, 17 plus 4 and then a 4 on the D4. So that's uh, yeah, wow. five. All right. So the second floor is cozy and comfortable. Uh, middle class merchant lives. Um it looks like they packed up in a hurry. Things are not tidy. They're strewn about. Um, but there doesn't seem to be sign of violence or anything like that. Um, very obviously, though, you would have noticed this no matter what. You can see in uh, a study there are papers strewn about on the table. And you look closely, they seem... They look very familiar. In fact, they are uh, eyewitness accounts of 
previous attacks by the beast. You've seen some of these, but some of them you haven't. This is it, Nepo. So as you read through them, they fit the narrative that you've already been told about, right? Like wide ranging over the last few months and then slowly becoming more concentrated in this area. Uh, The eyewitnesses are both living and dead. So occasionally there's a survivor of the beast. They never get a good look at it. There's always heavy fog. And they're usually people who are alone or vulnerable in in some way, many times children uh, or or groups of children, um, young shepherds, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, And the eyewitness accounts from the dead come from the rare times when there is a cleric available who can cast Speak With Dead. So those accounts are rather cryptic. Right. But certain things, some things they agree on, other things they, they differ on. Not every single one happens the same way. But often there is sudden fog. Often there is a whale, which you also heard over the yep. Sending Stone. Um, descriptions of the whale very much differ, though. It isn't necessarily like uh, a scream. No one can really identify what would make the sound. It doesn't sound like any natural beast that anyone has, anyone in this area anyway, has uh, yep. contact with. There's often a screeching sound. Uh, many of the bodies have what look like claw marks, scratches. Oh, so not scratches, but like, you know, the killing blow is often like a deep uh, three-pronged gouge. Okay. Uh, some of the witnesses describe a roaring sound that is usually accompanied by burns. So some sort of fire. Um, and then many of the victims are beheaded. So you heard often they're attacked near the head and neck. That's where the wounds are. This says that some of them are killed by being beheaded. Some of them are beheaded after death. Uh, interesting. Not everyone is beheaded, but it's pretty common. Interesting. And there doesn't seem to be rhyme or reason to who is beheaded. Children, shepherds, random messengers, a merchant in the wrong place at the wrong time, men, women, soldiers. Is there any similarity in the victims who were not beheaded and the reports of like what the attack was like. So Tez is kind of working a theory that multiple things are taking advantage of this fog Mm -hmm. and that beheaded victims are intentional and non-beheaded victims would be incidental, right? Like you were attacked Mm. by an animal or a, you know, an opportunistic predator in the fog. Mm Mm-hmm versus like targeted yeah give me a percept sorry a, um, an investigation check to sort through all yes. of these documents uh this one i feel like is is a tez job not a meepo job <laughs> mm. but it's uh is still a job with which Aladra could help <laughs> so i will guide it myself again uh man without the uh without the assist even still got a 17 plus three uh, and then plus four for my modifier. So it's still a 24. I'm like killing an investigation today. You're not sure if this points to multiple things in like taking advantage of the fog, but when the victim is not beheaded, often they're not the only victim. So lone victims, almost always yeah. beheaded. Uh, groups of victims all attacked at once, which often means sometimes at least one gets away. Um, maybe one won't be beheaded, but those will be instances where most of the beheadings are um, posthumous. Interesting. Well, this is so whatever whatever is doing it maybe isn't getting to all of them. Right. There's a. This reminds Tez of a uh, of a clipping that he read in the. Uh... You know what? He reads the Corenberg Chronicle. 
I know that uh I know that most hmm. people are gonna right. read the uh you know, they're gonna read the local, but he's uh he's a sophisticate, you know, he reads the national news. International news even. He's reading right, the Cornberg right. Chronicle. And there was a you know uh you know people coming back from war, there's a lot of you know disturbing things that have happened since and serial killers are on the rise. Uh and, and this strikes him as like the behavior of, of almost like a serial killer being interrupted. Mm. Um, like not able to complete the ritual. Interesting. I was just going to say, it, it definitely seems ritualistic in some manner, the beheading. Right. Uh, very, very concerning. Like, like almost the beheading is the point. Right. Right. Like if you can kill by beheading, great, success. Interesting. If not, then... You now have a corpse, and you behead it. Which, of course, it has... Well, doesn't sound like, you know, quote-unquote dragon behavior, but, like, dragons are people, right? right? So, like... (laughs) I mean, I'm not floating this idea, but, like, you could have a serial killer dragon, you know what I mean? Like, anything that a person can do, a dragon could do for the same reasons. Yeah, but it's just incredibly uncommon. I I, I feel... Yes, but you're... But you're a hundred percent sure it's not like packs of wolves, right, right? right? Yeah, like like all of this implies some type of intelligence, right? That's right, and that's the other thing is that it also probably means to Tez that it is not some sort of like low intelligence magical beast, even if it fits the other options. Right, nor is it uncontrolled madness, uh, taint, or or like like loss of like mental control or something like that, right? Like there's there's an, an implication of control uh, in the behavior as well. Right. Tez is, is going to relay this behavior to Meepo, uh, knowing it's kind of a, a long shot, but like, you know, Meepo's been now in Sharn for at least a couple months, right? And he's clearly doing well for himself, uh, owing to, <laughs> I think, still rocking like silk, right? Isn't that still his look? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Tez doesn't really know how he occupies. He's he's dressed more demurely now. Sure. He's on the job, but yes, traditionally. Yeah, but like point. you know, he and um, he and Skelebro are are obviously up to things uh, when they're not hanging out, and so he's he's much more worldly than he was when they met. Um, so so Tez is gonna you know take a flyer like Meepo. Can you can you think of any creature? That like creates this type of fog when it nests or when it takes up residence in an area. Like I, I, I'm piecing this together. It's something intelligent. It's some. There's there's a there's a malice that's permeating this place that it, it it's got to be coming from the creature, the the. I don't even want to say creature anymore. I feel like this is it's coming from the the perpetrator, the murderer. Can you think of anything? Give me have Meepo make Arcana and nature checks. Uh can we can we do this as like a uh like a a help kind of thing? Yes, like so if you're trained in either of those, you can help and give advantage plus you can guide. Okay. Us. Uh so I have the Arcana, I think so like two like two separate yeah. checks, right? So you can help yeah. on Arcana. I, I don't think either of us have nature. Uh, we oh we both have Arcana. Neither of us have nature. So I guess uh, it'll be a solo solo nature run on mine. And we'll have... Yeah, but you can still guidance on the nature check. Uh, so I got an eight plus four on the D four is twelve, and then we have a plus six is our. I mean, I'm I am trained in Arcana, and I do have nineteen intelligence, so. <laughs> it's still an 18. <laughs> yeah. All right, 18 Arcana, and what's the nature? Uh, the nature is going to be lower. Uh, I rolled another 8 plus 1 is 9, and then I have a 4 on nature, so that's 13 total. So 18 and 13. Okay. Meeple can't think of any creatures. Uh, he, I mean, he's heard rumors of like a terrifying creature that lives far away that breathes poisonous gas like clouds of poisonous gas but that doesn't seem like this right people aren't dying from poisonous gas um 
in his experience with dragons, which, let's be honest, is somewhat rudimentary, but, you know, he's interested and has had time to buy plenty of right. books. And Tez, Tez has plenty um, of books about dragons at this point. <laughs> right. Um, there are dragons that live in fog and clouds and things like that, but they tend not to, like, create them. And Meepo's, like, sitting there for, like, quite a while and thinking, sort of, like, racking his, his brain. He's got, like, his, you know, claws over his over his ears and his eyes closed, sort of, like, rocking back and forth, trying to, like, unearth anything. And then his eyes pop open, and he looks at you and says, mm, Not dragons, but magic. Fog is easy to make. And he looks around. Maybe not fog for a whole town, but sudden fog to make one lone person afraid? This is easy. True. But the town, how does the town play into it? That, Meepo doesn't have an answer for. Hmm. But, roll initiative. Ugh. Uh, well, we cannot be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's we true. We have you a can't dagger be <laughs> Well, whatever it is, doesn't know that. <laughs> um, um, what what is what are both of your passive perceptions? Uh, my passive perception, uh, Tez's passive perception, is roughly equivalent to mine, which is twelve. Um, Meepos <laughs> will be also can't be that lower. Great. Yeah, it's uh, it's like eight. <laughs> <laughs> dagger warning was a mm -hmm. smart pick thank you uh do we both roll initiative or is it just me because so this would be a this would be a good time to talk about how we're doing this we mentioned in the last actual play how like running this as like uh you playing multiple characters sort of like video game style it feels kind of lackluster when it's the sidekicks who like end up doing most of the action. Uh, so we're going to try out a little system that's a little bit like giving Tez legendary actions with which to enable Meepo and or Skelebro to act. Quick run out of the way it'll work. Tez gets what we're calling party actions equal to his proficiency bonus per round to spend. Uh, for one action, Meepo or Skelebro can do the normal things help, hide, dash. They can use an item. They could also use a skill. They can't attack unless Tez spends an action. Uh, and then there are also abilities like Skelebro can create an opening to let Tez attack for the cost of one action. Meepo can uh, empower some of Tez's magic with his own and let Tez cast the cantrip. Uh, and then if um, Tez wants to spend both of his party actions in a round, Meepo can actually cast a leveled spell. And then either of them can use their reaction to either throw themselves in the way of an attack um, or in the fiction to like have them be the be the attack because they're they're sort of moving into a narrative space where generally they're not being targeted. So then my single initiative roll. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, is a 19. Ooh, all right. 22. Okay. Well... They don't get to act on a surprised opponent, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's true. They just get to go first, and that's a good thing for you. So you're in uh, a study, which is a small-ish room, uh, 20 feet by 15 feet. There's a desk uh, in a corner where you are right now um, with papers strewn about it, and then uh, bookshelves on the far wall, and then a door... Uh, in each of the uh, opposite walls leading out. But we're theater of the mining this. So... Ooh. AC 23 on Tez. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That'll hit. All right. Now you do have the option of... You do have the option of Meepo throwing himself in the way of this or having the target have been Meepo in the first place. This is the time that you yeah, would do Yeah, but that. I'm I'm concerned this is gonna white me both too. Uh, wait, actually, which one has more hit points? Yeah, I have more hit points, so yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, you don't know what's right. happening yet, but it is an option. Okay, so what happens is Meepo can see uh, directly behind Tez, a small creature appears from nowhere. It is about three feet tall, covered in filthy yellowish fur, uh, and it has two mandibles, like a, an ant or an umber hulk. Mm. And instead of hands, it has claws like a crab and talons like a vulture. And it swings with a claw at Tez and hits, dealing eight slashing damage and make a constitution saving throw. Yikes. Uh, okay. Uh, it ain't good. That's a two plus one is three. Wow. I'm just going to tell everyone right now. Uh, this is, I didn't make this thing up. This is from the actual adventure. Uh, Tez is paralyzed. Okay. Uh, you, so you can still take the party actions. Right. Um, to like let Meepo do stuff, but it'll have to be Meepo doing the thing because you're paralyzed. Okay. Well, uh, that is unfortunate. Uh, and it is done. And it is standing behind Tez. So that's Tez's turn then. Uh, at the beginning of his turn, make a wisdom saving <laughs> Cool. All right. I, well, if I didn't pass this one, we're in bigger trouble. 19 plus zero. That did pass. You are okay for now. Nothing happens. Tez is, Tez is gripped by the fear of not being able to move at all, uh, but also a sense of deep foreboding and the sense of being watched settle in on him oppressively, but he's able to mentally shake it off for now. Uh, but you do have... Before it goes, you can use a party action to have Mebo do something. Indeed. Which at this point should probably be either attacking or just straight up casting a spell. Right. Uh, unfortunately... Because you don't have Skelebro. Hmm. Or, or making a skill check. You can do that Yeah, too. but I don't know what... Uh, without any information about what, what's afflicting... Tez, it's tough to, to really make any spell choice. I mean, the, the spells that Meepo knows are sleep and bless, and then he has cantrips. Um, right, because there's no Skelebro, um, he could take both of the actions, right? So there's also, he can make skill checks, and then he could try to figure something out and then use that information to figure out what to spend the mm, next point on. That's true. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's. Yeah. I. I guess I will. Yeah. Uh, Meepo will turn around, uh, gripping his trusty dagger, and uh, try to make sense of of what just happened to Tez and why he's suddenly uh <laughs> paralyzed and and what he can do about it. All right. Uh, have Meepo give me an Arcana check as he's gripping the dagger with both hands quivering just a little bit he's not really sure why but there is a scary monster just about yeah. his height right in what front of this? us uh alright I mean maybe it's a 13 plus 1 is 14 14 alright Meepo doesn't know what this thing is he's definitely never seen it before but judging from the way it's acting and the the aura emanating off it, he thinks it's Fey. Interesting. In some way, because most people—I mean, Tez knows—most people think of Fey as fairies and sprites. And while that is all true, there's also a darker side. The Lannis is the land of stories, and there are terrifying stories. Nightmares are stories. Uh, there are definitely evil scary fae that feed on dark thoughts indeed is that one of those he's not sure but um it certainly seems like the what is what is arresting tez's muscles feels to him like fear 
this is important information, uh, even even for somebody uh, like Meepo, because Meepo knows enough about Faye to know that sleep is not likely to work. <laughs> he he understands Elven ancestry is Faye ancestry, and his magic doesn't work on his companions. <laughs> um. So you have another point. Meepo could cast a cantrip. Meepo could attack or he could use an item or he could make another skill check depending on what you think would be useful yeah um i mean he could also hide and run away right he could do he could certainly do that too let's see i mean i'm trying to think like would meepo think that that fey magic would be overcome by like shaking tez and sort of talking to him or would meepo think that he would need to sort of like attack a fey in order to like break the spell right and effectively like break concentration ah, like that, that's what i'm trying to figure out um mm-hmm. so uh, me, me so meepo knows that he doesn't know what this thing does but he can make an insight check to try to read this thing mm. the thing about insight is that his odds of succeeding are low and then even if he does succeed <laughs> He still can't do anything about it, so he's better off taking a 50-50 shot. I, I feel like the more Meepo thing to do in this situation is to try and help Tez shake this. Okay. So, yeah, I think he, he's going to, like, literally, like, grab Tez and, like, shake him and try to, like, snap him out of it. Yeah. Um. What do you think? What skill do you think he's going to try to use here? I mean, he's a sorcerer, right? So, like, I could see this being actually, like, Arcana, right? If he's trying to, like, mm-hmm. like almost, like, unbind the magic. Um, I could also see it being, like, more of, like, a persuasion. Neither of which he's going to be great at. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Cobalt are so bad at everything. I like the idea that, that Meepo's, like, mm, trying to figure out, like, how, what way is there to undo this magic? I know. I will shake Tez vigorously. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's a magically laden shake all right this is a plus one on this arcana 13 plus one 14 arcana all right tez is shaken very vigorously uh but nothing happens meepo isn't able to figure out a way to undo this paralysis all right well the magic doesn't hold then the head knocker comes out so hope you're ready for that little fake creature so it is up again you are paralyzed which means it has advanced uh, yep, and it auto crits 15 slashing damage. All right, well, I cannot survive that again, but Tez is at four hit points. And then it disappears. Ay, ay, ay. And it's Tez's turn. Make a constitution saving throw 12 plus 1. 13. That's actually good. Okay, so you were supposed to redo the save at the end of your turn, uh, which means like nothing changed except that you wouldn't have been paralyzed for this. So you still got hit, but that wasn't a crit. So instead of 15, it was 8 slashing damage. Okay. However, because it hits you again, make a constitution saving throw. Uh, 11 plus 1 is 12. Guess what? You're okay. You're able to shrug it off, but you feel like barely Jesus. shrug it off this time. Now now that you know what to expect, but the thing still disappears. So Tez is not paralyzed, but it's not here. And it's Tez's turn. Uh, or Meepo's, whatever you want. Right. Um, Is there any indication of, uh, of where it went? Like, did we hear footsteps or anything like that? Mm-mm. Or is there any disruption in the uh, in the dust that's gathered on the floor? Uh, give me a perception check. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, that's a 11 plus 2 is 13. So you don't hear anything. You also don't see anything in the dust. You don't see, like, a depression in the rug that might indicate that it went invisible, right? When it appeared, it definitely felt like it appeared out of nowhere. And when it disappeared, it definitely feels like it disappeared now you know you know enough aladrin to know that teleportation usually requires line of sight but there isn't anywhere it could have teleported in line of sight 
like you can see all the places it could have gone in line of sight and it's not there Tez uh, is not thrilled with any of these developments uh, I yeah Tez will I, Tez is going to heal himself <laughs> that's the, the <laughs> single right. best thing he could do right now <laughs> absent uh, anything good action yeah. good action <laughs> so uh, d8 plus intelligence mod uh, six plus four is ten. Okay, so that's yeah. So he's he's back and comfortable again. Uh, Meepo, be ready. There's an open door, isn't there? Two open doors. Meepo, shut that door. Don't let it out. Uh, okay, so Meepo goes over to the door and closes it. That's just a move action. So he still has the two points. <laughs> okay, here's here's what happens. Meepo, close that door. They both sprint for different doors, slam them shut, and then run back to each other with their backs to each other. <laughs> just waiting. And they're just like, yeah, they're they're doing that like that nervous circling around. <laughs> you know, where it's like they don't know where it's coming from, but they know something is coming. Another action Meepo can take is the ready action. You can't take the ready action now because you already used your action to cast cure wounds. Yeah, I know Tez can't do that, but can Meepo? It's not on the list. It's on the list because I was like, "Who uses yeah, ready? Who uses but, ready for a sidekick?" Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I'll tell. I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, and do you want him? Do you want him to use the uh, the other point first? You know. Uh, well, I want him to ready spell empowerment on you. Okay, yeah, on me. Yeah, on Tess. Yeah, so I'm readying Meepo to allow Tess to cast booming blade. <laughs> okay, uh, and then Meepo's got another point. Uh, I guess he'll ready his own attack then. Mm, yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's go with it. Uh, everyone, we're just playing fast and loose. These aren't real, and we're not publishing them. Uh, great. Okay. So, essentially, you're both ready. Uh, the trigger is this thing appears. Okay. Well, it does. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, in what... Mm, uh, yeah. Okay. It appears to uh, to your left. So, both of your triggers go off. Uh, then, uh, I think... Meepo will go first. I think he probably instinctively grabbed the dagger rather than his head knocker, uh, given the close confines. And, Especially in co- close quarters. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll do Meepo first. 15 plus 5 is 20 versus AC. That hits. And it's going to be 2 plus 3 is 5 damage, and it is a magical dagger. All right. 5. Uh, it takes it. He slashes the thing in one of its hairy arms, and you can see... Brown blood drip out. Fey blood. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what color Fey bleed. <laughs> it doesn't make a sound, but in your minds, you hear uh, like a almost like an insectoid scream. That's not what I expected. Mm. Mm, but no time to think about that because there's a booming blade coming for it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is uh, this is with a rapier. Oh my god, that's a twenty. Uh, so. That, oh Jesus! You, you sneak a you sneak attack booming blade crit this thing. Uh, yeah, sneak attack booming booming blade. I mean the the booming blade doesn't give any extra damage yet, but. Oh right, that's it next can't level. move is what's important here, but I do get rapier and sneak attack. All right, roll it all up. Remember that all the dice are doubled. All right, so the first set of rolls are thirteen, and then picking them up and rolling again are five 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 is fifteen. It's 28 damage plus the static mod on my plus one rapier is four. Is that 32? Uh, (laughs) You skewer this thing. It was absolutely not expecting that. But it, so it like pops into existence. Uh, Meepo takes a quick jab at it with with the dagger and it recoils uh, in almost shock at being... Uh, harmed and like as it's uh, on its back feet you just skewer it straight through where you assume its heart would be Uh, and in your minds again there's almost like an explosion of screeching skittering and screaming Uh, and then it dies down as the thing goes limp still stuck on your rapier and then it almost melts off the blade falls to the ground and then slowly dissipates, fades away into nothing. Like mist. Hmm. When it fades and dissipates into mist, 
Do I hear the thunderous crack of a booming blade <laughs> triggering D8 more damage? <laughs> sure, why not? Absolutely. Yep. And it's very satisfying. Well, this is important because I don't think that happens to dead things, right? Because it's the target willingly moves five feet. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. This isn't a willful move. This is okay. <laughs> I, was, I was just trying to throw you a bone. <laughs> Look, I'm using every word to my advantage about this completely off book monster. <laughs> oh, it is in book. It is very in book. It's off book for Tez. That's absolutely true. Tez doesn't mess with Faye. He messes with dragons. They are weird and nobody likes them. All right. Well, okay. Uh, and there, in the silence of the room, Tez and Meepo look at each other and think, what in the hell is going on? And we'll find out what happens next, next week. <sighs> okay. Uh, before we do that, let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice Minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. So, what do we have planned for next week's episode? We are continuing this playthrough of A Deep and Creeping Darkness. Well, that's it for episode 302 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.